energy uh, being emotional and mad about a player that loves this university and has committed uh, every ounce of who he is every fiber in his body to helping this place be great I don't know I don't know what's behind that uh, that's kind of disturbing here's the 0-1 pitch swing and a bouncer up the middle Sosa to his left he gloves it sets his feet throws to first yes. and he got him and the Phillies hang on and take game one of the National League Division Series Seven to six, the final. Try to close it on a Tuesday. Alvarez launches deep right field, and this one is gone. And the Astros walk him off in game one. Jordan Alvarez, are you kidding me? Hmm. Did we run out of music back there at the station? What happened there? Yeah, it ran out on me, Hello? and then I was trying to load this one up and didn't get there in time. Are we on the air right now? It's my fault. Oh, one second here. I got I got a drop for that. Hang on a second. It's TJ's fault. Thank you. Hour three, T-Row in the morning show on a Wednesday, October 12. Toby and TJ back with you. It is a working man Wednesday here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Next segment, Brian Haney is going to join us uh, live on the show, play-by-play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, any thoughts on the Brent Venables press conference yesterday, Teach? He was a little feisty. He was a little feisty. Um, obviously, he's going to take up for his guys, and um, he's you know going to keep uh, beating the drum to what he believes and what he thinks he's building here, and that's what he should do. So, what do you think about the Brent Venables press conference compared to the Bob Stoops and the Lincoln Riley press conference? I don't even know what I'm asking there other than, you know, from an entertainment perspective or how he goes about it. Do you have any thoughts about TV? I think he's much better um, to listen to and uh, to hear speak than than Lincoln was. I I thought Lincoln did a very boring press conference. Bob, that's hard to compare because of, you know, there were so many years there with Bob that we saw what he became later on. Um, Brent will shift to that if he's here long enough. Um, you hear long enough, you go through some things, you start getting cranky, you start getting angry when you hear certain he'll things to the to media. He'll start to dislike John Hoover as the years go along. He'll start to dislike certain guys. <laughs> Who was it yesterday? He was, uh, was it Prisbillo? Somebody yesterday that irritated him. Um, so that'll happen. It can't be yeah. Prisbillo. Nobody dislikes well. Prisbillo. I can't remember who it was yesterday, but anyway, um, was I enjoyed it, ju- it. Was it whoever asked him the Justin Broyles question? It might have been. I can't. I remember do who like. Asked that. Uh, I do like every once in a while he'll 
get in a like he'll quiz the questioner. He does He's like to ask to the me. question back. Well, what do you think about that? I mean, He's done that a couple times to me, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm the one asking the questions here. Well, who's saying but yesterday, that? James Hale asked him about the 3-4, and he goes, what do we play in the first game? What do we play in the second game? Then what do we play in the third game? You know, he's got going down the line. <laughs> so, no, I like Brent's press conferences. Um, I... It's, there are times when I you really entertaining. En- no, there are times when you really enjoy when he gets off and, and into a rant and and just goes like the mm-hmm. coaches show the other night when he yeah. spins off into the home plate and all that. And then there's other times it's like, okay, let somebody get to the next question. Uh, ra- you know, rambles. A he bit rambles sometimes. a bit sometimes. Yeah. So, but I find it entertaining. No, you're right. There are two. There are two different um, diatribes. One of them, when he gets into preacher mode a little bit, is yes. highly entertaining. And then sometimes it just kind of feels like it's uh, we're wondering. Is this what you're going to do with your life? Is this where you're going to put your focus? Is this how you're going to handle it? That's right. That's right. He's great. But I do like, like, he's got a little back and forth in him. He'll challenge a question once in a while. Uh, He has some fun with it. I mean, this week wasn't any fun, but you know what I mean. Uh, Certainly from a, like, a month, what, Monday nights now. It used to be Tuesday nights from the coaches' show perspective. Like he's open and honest and is willing to tell you some some things that you don't get otherwise, you know, about what he's thinking or behind the scenes stuff or whatever. So um I like it. I, I think he's I think he's fun to listen to. Now I have seen one thing I wanted to push back on. I have seen some concern out there about Nick Evers being put in the game late and wasting a game on his red shirt. Have you seen some of this? It's made it its way into my timeline. People ask no, me why. The, the, the biggest complaints I've seen is that he didn't get in uh, sooner. Well, well, yes. Why didn't you put it? If you're going to waste a game towards oh, gotcha. Red shirt, okay, yeah, so same why argument. Why didn't you yeah. put him in and it's some actual playing time? And I don't know. I, I guess I don't understand the point. Are, like, are you f- under? Are you fearful now that Nick Evers is going to get into five I games? I mean, that's what I was about to ask you. When is he going to get in? The remaining year, you think he's going to be in mop-up duty and at uh, you know against Baylor or OSU or at West Virginia or you know, I don't see him getting into a lot of games. And even if he does, what you're saying there is you want Nick Evers to be the quarterback five years from now. True. Like you want that you want that fifth year. Yes. I guess four years from now. You don't want to waste a redshirt year because you think he's going to be the guy and you want as many years with him as possible, which I'm, I guess I'm missing the logic in that whole argument. I don't think they're going to play him in five games this year. And if they do, I don't think he's going to be the quarterback in 2026. My, my 23, 24. Yeah, 26. So I think it's a like a little bit of a silly thing to be mad about, honestly. But maybe I'm missing something, TJ. I'm often missing something. So, What do you know? In my humble opinion, I don't think it matters. Uh, apparently, General was unavailable to come in and finish up that game, and so they gave Nick a little bit of experience out there in OU Texas. Uh, at least being in the middle of uh, the stadium, you know? Not that it was in the crunch time or he had to necessarily make any high uh, 
leverage passes. But uh, at least he got out there and got his feet wet a little bit in OU Texas. Who knows? He might he might might very well be there next year. We shall see. Uh, anything else from the presser that caught your ear yesterday? No. Did you hear um, Trammell yesterday at OSU's? I didn't hear this, and some people are t- uh, texting in about it now asking uh, what we thought about Barry taking shots at OU at the OSU presser. And I didn't hear I this. did not hear that. What did he so, say? I don't know. I was just seeing if you said it. So um, mm-hmm. the, 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 They've been saying that, but they didn't tell me what he said, so I'm not sure. Doesn't sound very maybe nice some, at uh, all. Backhanded uh, question or something. So I don't know. Uh, it sounds very nice of a thing for Barry to do. So, uh, Barry, defend yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounded like the Dylan Gabriel thing is not quite a done deal. Like, um, you know, Monday night he said he's expected to play, which I guess is true. He is expected he's to play. still expected to play, yeah, but he then you know, pulled back a little bit saying, you know, he's got to go through some things and still got to, he's got to prove that he can take contact. I guess he's got to prove that he can take contact a little bit um, and make it through this week is kind of the way he put it. I think he's not done going through the checklist of, are you okay? No setbacks. Yes. Right. And that sounds like Thursday is when he would be officially cleared to go. If he continues to, uh, progress as he's progressing but um sounds like there's still you know that hurdle to get past before he's officially back on saturday question if for some reason that doesn't happen who rolls out there at quarterback on saturday night and i i i ask because if OU lines up for the opening possession of the game and 11 trots out there. Like, what's the reception going to be? Not good. Uh, Very similar to Spencer Rattler last year. It will not be good at all. It won't be a good environment. You may have people walk out at that moment. Um, I just can't see that being the case. And, And when you ask who would it be then if it's not Dylan Gabriel, I don't know what to believe from Saturday. Nick's the one that you got in there late, but, you know, rumors floating like crazy that General Booty was supposed to play and then had the infection to his eye or allergic reaction to his eye. I don't know if any of that's true. I just don't know. So, you know, if that was true and they were going to go with him some, then wouldn't he be the guy, I would think. But I don't know what to believe from everything you've heard from Saturday. So it's not a... <laughs> not a good situation, whatever it is. You got to hope that he clears everything and that he's your guy on Saturday and that he can take contact and, and remain in the game. Yeah, that's because it's thing. not going to be a coming off of three straight losses, getting beat the way you did in, in Dallas. You can't roll him out there on Saturday, Davis. Right. You just can't. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can imagine, and it's not pretty, and it's not – I don't think it's a situation you want to put that kid in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, can you imagine? I can only hear you in the booth yelling down at him. Jeez, I know how you get. Yeah, I get really hostile. 
But yeah, I may, I'm I may right. Yeah, yeah. Turn around aren't I in, in saying to, that? You can't roll him out there, right? If it happens, I'm going to turn around and tell Drake to cut Gabe's mic. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to be like uh, with a Russian sideline guy on uh, Saturday? That'll be a first. How do you? Uh, be a first. Do you have a translator up in your booth letting you know what he's saying? I'll tell you what. Uh, it used to be that Gabe was the one I worried about on Twitter the most of our crew, but now I got to worry about Chris. <laughs> And Andrew Shepard has become a wild card on Twitter. On Sundays, you've got to take Andrew Shepard's Twitter away from him. I hope Andrew's been hacked because I am floored at the most mild-mannered, meek, nice young man, you know, unassuming, and it, uh, some of the things that came out on his Twitter were like, what in the world? What is going on with Andrew's Twitter right now? So uh, I don't – I think Teddy is now like fifth or sixth on the list of radio <laughs> crew guys I need to worry yeah. about. Yeah. He, uh, he's just arguing right now in positive ways. Why are you guys so negative? So – Yeah, Teddy's, Teddy's – uh, Worked his way into the most trusted zone, I believe. So, <laughs> Stats Kelly likes to pick some fights every once in a while. I got a feisty crew, man. There is something that happens with certain guys, and I'm bringing this up because of uh, Andrew on Sundays. They lose their minds when it comes to the NFL. Like, they'll tweet normally throughout the week about other stuff. They may be mad or angry, but then they get to Sundays, and they just lose their minds. And I don't yeah. know why that is, like, if that's just become, this is how you act on Twitter with your well, NFL team. I would assume that happens with OU, too. We just are in the middle of, maybe. Like, I just don't see it. I don't know. I see people arguing and yelling, but not the type of language and stuff that's being flown around on an NFL Sunday. Jeez. You got your mortgage on this game or what? Holy right. cow. I mean, I want my team to win, but right. Jiminy Christmas. Right. Golly. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. We may have to have some talks uh, this weekend. Suspension's handed down. I don't. Maybe. I. I, I don't know. Uh, all right. So you're uh, just to summarize, T. Yes. Your opinion is if Davis Bevel trots out there at starting quarterback <laughs> on Saturday, it will be not well received. It will not be well received. Okay. No. Just summarizing. Your okay. Opinion. Yeah. Brian Haney joins us live from Lawrence next. The T-Row in the Morning Show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. I-44 at the Newcastle Tuttle Exit 108. Sooners and Jayhawks coming up 11 a.m. Saturday in Norman, and we are joined now by the voice of the Jayhawks, my good friend Brian Haney. Brian, good morning. How are you, bud? Toby, great to be on with you, my friend. How are you? Oh, you know, we've had better days around here. You know, it's been a long week, Brian. I'm looking forward to seeing you, though, on Saturday. What's this, year, what's this year been like for you guys, man? It's been amazing to watch from the outside. Well, pretty incredible to be along for the ride, no doubt. And this team, uh, you know, the first month getting off to the 4-0 start that then became 5-0, and a fairly fortunate win over Iowa State with a couple of doink field goals, but still a win is a win. 
Uh, it was incredible. And in September, they were beating teams that were major conference caliber with the road win at Houston, winning on the road in league play in the first Big 12 game of the year at West Virginia, uh, beating Duke for a program that you know the odds makers in Vegas thought would only win two and a half to double that in their first five games and be knocking on the door of a first bowl appearance in 14 years. It was kind of surreal. And then, of course, big storylines of Nebraska and Wisconsin firing their coaches, two programs that Lance Leipold has ties to. That became almost as big of a story as the team's 5-0 and start. What are they going to do to try to keep Leipold? So some of our joy was already stolen in having to fend off some of those rumors. And then, obviously, ESPN College Game Day comes here for the first time ever, which was amazing. Incredible turnout for the Kansas fans. Great setting on the base of a hill there. But then you lose your quarterback. And so, you know, it's, it's obviously been a tremendous start to the year, but there have been a few little detractors from it to where it hasn't just been sunshine and rainbows throughout. But now they've got to find a way to uh, next man up at this week versus Oklahoma and maybe beyond that, too. So we'll see what happens with Jalen Daniels. But to, to win this many games in the second season of the Lance Leipold era after they tried five different coaches to replace Mark Mangino, things finally clicked. They clearly have the best fit they've had this entire 14-year stretch. And, you know, as a guy that's called a lot of zero, one, or two-win seasons in my first seven years on the call, uh, to be talking about a team that can truly win any given week, no matter who they're playing against, it's been a night and day different kind of feel of the booth. You mentioned uh, Jalen Daniels. That's kind of the news of the day. Uh, reports out yesterday that he's out for the season. Then Jalen tweets last night. That's news to me. Then he shows up in Lance Leipold's office. So w- what's your understanding? Where's the truth lie here? Great question. We have Hawk Talk tonight, which is the coach's weekly show, and, and Coach may shed a little more light on it then. Um, you know, it's, it's my understanding that the coaching staff and Jalen want to approach this week to week and, and just see how quickly he can heal. But it was a little surprising to see the back and forth on social media. And that's the day and age we live in now. Everybody's got an, a voice. And, and, uh, but, but to see Leipold involved in some of that with the picture he posted and everything was surprising um, on the heels of, of a pretty strong story in terms of the, the strong stance the story took. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, there's obviously a lot going on there, and I, I better not jump in more than that. But I, I would say that, you know, what Coach said yesterday about him being doubtful for this week, uh, I fully expect that to very much be the case in terms of Sooner fans and their expectations for Saturday's game. I, I think, you know, more realistically for Jalen on, on a week-to-week basis, you hope that it's ahead of schedule on recovery and maybe it's a situation with a bye week in a few weeks here, a couple of weeks, you know, you can come back on the heels of that, but even that might be optimistic. Tough to say, um, but definitely to see the back and forth in the social media last night was a twist and turn that nobody expected. And I don't think the team expected the, the specific diagnosis, uh, if that was truly the case, to get leaked in the fashion that it did. So it, it's definitely been you know, 18 months into the Leipold era, the first time we've had a situation like this, a he said, he said type thing with the media. And you know, speculating beyond that would be unwise on my part. But you know, I, I'm not expecting to see Jalen on Saturday, that's for sure. 
Brian, what has clicked this year? I, I know we saw last season some signs of, you know, Coach Leipold doing a good job and this team maybe headed in a better direction. But I, you, I like you said, nobody anticipated this. So X's and O's wise on the field, what's the difference this year? Well, a couple of things before you get to the X's and O's. We'll start with Jimmy's and Joe's. More Jimmy's and Joe's than we've had on scholarship in a while. You're familiar with the Charlie Weiss era and the scholarship purgatory that that put the next two Kansas coaches in. That's caught back up now finally. And with the addition of the transfer portal, something that initially we thought would hurt Kansas because it seemed like initially it was going to you know, make the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Lightfold's done a masterful job of it. And they had a top 25 ranked portal class this past year. And so uh, a couple of things clicked just roster-wise. But on the field, obviously it helps when you, you get that, that generational quarterback, which now we may not have for a while. But this is clearly the best quarterback we've had since Todd Reason, going back to the Orange Bowl team of 2007 and the Insight Bowl team of 2008. Folks forget, as down and out as Kansas has been for the last decade, they won 20 games in a span of two years and won a BCS bowl game, something that a lot of schools can't boast. Uh, and, and that was the, the quarterback situation at the time with Reasing. Daniels is absolutely the best we've had since him, and he was what was clicking. His playmaking ability with his arm and his feet, but also the creative play calling, which isn't going to change a lot. In fact, a lot of it will be exactly the same with Jason Bean back there, but the creative play calling of Andy Kotelnicki, offensive coordinator, is going to be something that I think you'll enjoy watching pre-snap. You'll enjoy, as a wordsmith, uh, describing what you're seeing pre-snap. and It hasn't been quite as uh, colorful as it was in non-con play, but they've got several formations, one of which he calls his bobsled formation, where three guys line up behind the quarterback. There's one where there's a triangle around the quarterback. This is all pre-snap stuff that you're, you're, you're throwing at the defense to try to overwhelm them. And the, the triangle, you know, if you've got an option pitch quarterback there, which Jalen Daniels ran so well, it could go any number of directions, any number of guys, or Jalen could keep. And part of what made Jalen so special was you know, the coaching staff really felt like he has elite running back vision at the quarterback position. And so he was making tremendous cuts and reads and decisions with the ball on top of having a cannon for a right arm, Jason Bean is not the tough runner that Jalen Daniels is, but your older listeners will remember this name. He's the fastest quarterback we've had since Nolan Cromwell, okay? And, and so this is a guy that will do it differently as a dual-threat player. He's more of a sprint-to-the-edge type guy as opposed to a craftier between-the-tackles type runner. But, but he's got some jets now, and, and as we saw in the second half versus TCU, he can hit the deep ball as well. The thing you have with Jason Bean just being constructive and, and candid with you, he'll make a brilliant 40-yard throw right on the money in the back corner of the end zone, and then he'll airmail a six-yard throw on the next play and, and throw it right into the hands of the defense. So it's a little Jekyll Hyde, and that's, that's not to say every other pass is like that. I think what we've seen over a – now, 10-game sample size of him in, in extended stretches because he started the first nine a year ago. I think what we've seen is he's good for one of those head-scratching throws per half. And so Kansas needs to avoid that. But to try to wrap it up succinctly on what's clicked, 
you know, the, the offense's creativity with what was, until a couple of weeks ago, a really deep running back room. Uh, you know, we, we have an Oklahoma native by the name of Daniel Hyshaw who was quickly becoming our best running back. He suffered what looks to be uh, a potential season-ending injury as well at the, at the uh, early stages two weeks ago, and that was the Iowa State game for Hyshaw. So we've lost arguably two of our best five players serious injury in the last two weeks. But prior to that, you probably had more mouths to feed at running back than you'd like to have, honestly, because uh, so, some guys were you know, starting to wonder, when's my turn going to be called? Now they've been thrust in the spotlight. But this, this creative attack with a lot of option plays and a lot of different looks and sets has been a ton of fun to watch and call and a lot of nightmares for opponent defenses to figure out. And then defensively, they're better with some of those transfer portal additions. So long answer to a short question, but a lot does have to click to go from a program that was winning one or two to now a program that would like to be bowl bound by the end of the year. No such thing as having too many running backs. That is never possible. <laughs> uh, there's just too many injuries that take place at that position. Yep. Expound, and, and we'll get you out of here on this. Expound uh, on the defensive side of the ball a little bit. What stylistically and talent-wise have you seen out of them defensively this year? Well, they finally have an edge rusher. We haven't had a guy that that will heat up opponent quarterbacks disruptively in what feels like a decade. But they got Lonnie Phelps, who was an all-MAC conference defensive end at Miami of Ohio, and he's been averaging a sack per game over the course of these first six games in the top two or three in the Big 12 throughout the uh, season at this point at, at that position. He had one and a half tackles for loss this past week, including a sack versus TCU. He is a man amongst boys, but just look at him. He just looks different than the type of guy we've been lining up with. Uh, and then they got a, a linebacker named Craig Young who was a transfer from Ohio State who seemingly every week has gotten better and better and better. So those two guys have been the biggest additions in terms of just injecting some different caliber talent to the Kansas defense. And then the secondary, you knew about Kenny Logan coming in. He was first-team all-conference at the safety. He's had a year that started slow, but it's gotten really good. He had 12 tackles and a forced fumble a week ago. But uh, there's a couple of corners, uh, one of which was shaken up a little bit last week. But I think he should be okay. Mello Dotson. And then the other is a corner named Kobe Bryant. And, you know, the late, great NBA Hall of Famer was the Black Mamba, so I call our Kobe Bryant Hawk Mamba. And Hawk Mamba has a pick six to win the game at West Virginia. He has a field goal block return touchdown in the opener versus Tennessee Tech. In the ISU game alone, he had one interception and a second that was overturned on a replay review. But he is, in the minds of many, and I'm not saying he is this guy. I'm saying he's the best since this guy. But he's, he's the best cover corner we've had since Aqib Tlaib, who went on to be a five-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. So, so he's been really good. Wow. So the point is, there's more talent across the way. But uh, expect Kansas to, to blitz more than you've seen in the past. Uh, and and uh, expect them to, to be able to open field tackle way better than what we've seen in recent years. Can't wait. OUKU, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Brian Haney will be on the call for the Jayhawk Radio Network. Safe travels down here, buddy. Let me know if you need anything. We'll see you Saturday. Hey, appreciate you, brother. Always a pleasure, my man. Can't wait to see you. All right, see you, bud. Brian Haney. Uh, TJ uh, referred to me as a wordsmith. Feel free to use that from time to time if you'd like. You're allowed. You're Honestly, allowed I do that, that a lot. A wordsmith. I like that. Wordsmith.
You know, my wife's maiden name is Smith. 835, we'll be back. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510. Welcome back, everybody. Toby and TJ with you on a uh, Wednesday. We're winding it down. That uh, That's evidence right there as to how quickly things can change, Tej. I mean, uh, Kansas was the standard bearer laughing stock, not just of the Big 12, but of college football in general, right, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, they're 5-1. and one. They were 5-0. and oh. ESPN Game Day was there last week. Now, I'm not here to tell you they're great, but they are definitely oh, they're, better. They're way improved. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to a bowl they're a problem game this year. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're a problem. They're a legit. They they are a legitimate football team with with some talent and a really good coach. And um Yeah. I I uh I get why they're worried about Lance Leipold jumping ship. Because if I'm looking for a coach out there, he would be maybe the very first call I'd make. Because if you're going to do that at Kansas, right? Yeah, no, he's done a tremendous job. It's the most excited, most confident. uh, We've heard Brian when you've had him on outside of basketball season. (laughs) So They're selling out games. Right. And and, and they should be excited. They should be excited. I got a theory here. Well, this isn't a new theory, but I think this. So I have been of the opinion, humble and honest one, for a while, that Kansas is going to end up in the Big Ten. Everybody talking about Washington and Oregon and all this other kind of stuff and who are they. I think it's Kansas. And the. Reason being is even though they stink in football, you cannot deny what a monster and a moneymaker and the prestige that Kansas basketball brings. Mm -hmm. And to the Big Ten, that is a much bigger deal than to other conferences, certainly than the SEC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Now, the ACC holds basketball in high regard with their Dukes and North Carolinas and everything. But the Big Ten geographically makes a lot more sense. And you throw Kansas in there with the Indianas and Michigan states of the world and everything. And I think think Kansas is more attractive to the Big Ten than people realize. Now you throw in a football program that maybe isn't at least a laughing stock, and you can justify it a little more. I think Kansas is going to end up. In it a also may be a way for Kansas to keep their football coach. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so it may all tie together. You know, am I crazy? Is it? Is it? Do you think Kansas could? No, be- no, their basketball program is extremely attractive to a lot of people, and so I could see them being a fit. Because of that, with basketball, absolutely. Whereas Kansas, like, yeah, we're ride or die with the Big Twelve. 
They've never really been a troublemaker, you know. I mean, they've yeah. never really made demands or said, you know, anything like. Not that they've been in a position to, but Kansas back. It's hard to say. Game. Like if the Big Ten came to you and said, "Hey, we want you," it's hard to be ride or die when it appears the money difference is going yeah. to be as large as it is. <laughs> like you, right. you, you let the, the Big Twelve right. die at that point, and you move on and take your cash. So Kansas and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But say you get Notre Dame, but you need one more team to make it even, so you don't need, like, two from the West Coast anymore. You need one more just in your footprint, Kansas. That's my prediction. Kansas and Notre Dame will be uh, the two teams that join the Big Ten. Nah, it's going to have to be a bit for Notre Dame, but I think that's where it's You've heard it here first, folks. Yep, I'm reporting it right now. Kansas and Notre Dame are joining the Big Ten Conference. Probably won't happen for a while, but that's my prediction. Um, well, what's a while? <laughs> a year before the announcement? Well, I don't know. I when... mean, if it happens, it's going to be pretty much in the next uh, window of a, a year or two. So I, I would think, anyway, with the ever shifting landscape. I don't know what, the rules, what are the rules going to be for? Uh, what are the rules for Notre Dame in the twelve-team playoff? Do they just have to be one of the top? Oh, yeah. I good question. I haven't looked that rule up or what they're so, saying about that. Let me. We, we can talk through this. If I remember correctly, the Top six ranked conference champions plus the next six the next at six large. At large, right. And the top four conference champions get buys. But what does that mean for Notre Dame? I don't know where they fit in. I'm sure they've addressed this, but I don't know. If they've addressed it, then it has to do with what their current ranking is on whether they would get one of if those top Notre Dame's spots. If Notre ranked higher than one of the four, one of the four conference champions, right. they get a spot? I would think that's what that means. Do they have to be ranked in the top four? Well, I don't know. If if it behooves Notre Dame to stay independent, they would love to stay independent. But yeah. I would think they uh, have to be ranked in the top four when I said that. that that's what I was meaning. Mm-hmm. That would seem to put them at a disadvantage then mm-hmm. because you could be a conference champion and be ranked number 13 sure. in the country. Absolutely, you could. Probably not in the Big Ten, but it's possible anyway. Yeah. I'm reporting it anyway. Notre That's Dame, what you Kansas. do. You break Notre stories Dame, and you break news. So. You, heard it, you heard it here first. I got do no it. sources to do back it. it up at all. But That's mine I'm reporting. Well, hey, uh, it is – it is the team of the six we've played now so far that Brian is right about this that requires the most pregame film study for me and I'm not one who needs to my my job does not require me to watch a lot of film Teddy and Gabe need to know you know coverages and schemes and all that kind of stuff I just need to know how to describe it. And Kansas presents the biggest challenge so far to describing what formations they are in because they run a lot of stuff out of a lot of different formations that include some triple option in there. They, they put guys in motion in weird spots. They stop in weird places. It's uh, There's a lot going on there. So uh, he's right about that. They are extremely creative offensively complicated doesn't mean they're going to be great but they have been very good so far this year with the exception of the iowa state game 
Mm-hmm. Had a hard time moving the ball against Iowa State, but so did Kansas State. So yeah, Iowa State's playing some pretty good defense. By the way, um, could be a weird crossover. There's a guy in studio I do not recognize just sitting and drinking vodka. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I don't think we should be teasing him about this right now. <laughs> He's not even listening. He can't even hear me. He's concentrating on his computer screen. We'll be back. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. All right, we welcome in now Chris Plank for the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. How you doing, Plank? I am uh I am much better right now at this moment, Toby Rowland. Okay, good. Has there been a development? We got our Twitter account back. Yes, really. Yeah, literally just as the show started after Woo! about 24 <laughs> hours of nothingness and my uh I I'll, I won't bore you with the details, but they got me good. I mean, how th- how this was done. Was how, it Putin? It, I think it was Putin. Mm. Um but yeah, I'm back. We're back just in time for the show, which was, I don't know, dude. I, I was I'm texting sorry you guys. You had to go through that. I was that texting you guys about this. Terrible oh, feeling. Well, and then so I, just to take you through what happened, I, I literally as soon as I got a phone call and I put in a code, I was like, I think I just got got, and I was like, dang it, and then all of a sudden I got logged out of all my accounts. Well, then. Um, it happened by a phone call. Right, because I have two-factor authentication on. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting these tweets about, hey, here's your code, here's your passcode, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, uh, Twitter's got me on this. We're fine. And we'll, we'll we'll get this figured out. But I never got an email or anything. So I did the, the call my wife, and I was like, hey, do you, are you trying to get into the account? Because you can if you want. No. And... So then the next thing you know, I got like three more of those tweets. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. So I, I saw this number from San Francisco that was calling me, and I Googled it. And when I did T-Row, it came up as a Twitter number. And I'm like, oh, this must, must be the way that they do two-factor authentication. Um, lo and behold, it was not. <laughs> We've got one. We Take get, his account. Yeah, then I don't understand. It's like, what are we, what are we doing when you get – the account like what's your what's your goal so the first thing they do is they try to sell a bunch of ceramics or something katie's with sunglasses yeah right then the second thing is they went back to me he used my picture and retweeted the bob stoops thing from toby that's when you said that and i had seen that that's what i thought was weird about it some of the stuff that he was retweeting was yeah things that would involve you i checked my d i haven't checked my dms yet okay he hasn't done anything there at least that i know of but yeah, I don't know, man. We're uh, we're back, baby. I can't turn on two factor authentication Isn't for some reason. Isn't it the worst reason. though that, that people That's like this exist? Awful. I mean, what's one awful. thing to hack someone's bank account? I mean, any of it's terrible, but they just—that's their whole day. They just right. spend trying to ruin people's lives. And yeah. then I—I I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to get in out there who I have muted, right? Can you imagine how uncomfortable that conversation <laughs> would be? Whenever there's friends of ours and they're why like, you never answer my tweets. Wait, well, not, it's not you. <laughs> just between us, who do you have muted right now? There is a laundry list of mm. many that are muted. Now, most of them because they're chief homers. Um, there's many. Toby just quits following them and they say, I know, hey, why right? don't you follow me? But yeah, yeah it was. Um, 
There's a handful of y'all. Usually what, what ends up happening, T Row, is I'll mute someone. I'm like, huh, I haven't heard from I haven't heard from them in a while. Then I look and I'm like, oh, that's why. And then you unmute them and then you realize, ah, yeah, there is a reason why you were muted in the first place. So we're back, baby. We are back. I'm so sorry, dude. That's uh I'm glad you got it fixed. Dude, I was hot. I was I was so mad. I it was just there was there was nothing you, you can do. Garbage deleted and everything that. Uh... I you know what to be honest, I'm not gonna like talk any trash, but it's it almost seems as if he really didn't do that much, okay. right? So, so far, knock right. on wood. But we'll see how it goes the rest of the day because TJ has subscribed to your OnlyFans account after but, I got that. <laughs> well, so, so what it, I just I tweet. I don't really honestly tweet that much for someone who's on Twitter as much as they are. It's mostly promoting this show is in, in our various broadcasts. But I kind of think this dude got in there and thought, oh, this guy's boring. I mean, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really do anything. There's no credit card information here. Anything. This dude sucks. So I kind of think that might have been how it played out. But we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. I'm sorry. You had to go through hey, that. Hey, we're back, baby. That's a nightmare scenario, and it makes me today want to get off Twitter. Dude, I'll I tell you what. At least once every day I think that, and now I've thought it seven times. My wife last night said maybe it's a sign, and I was like, it's the middle of the Dodgers game. It's not a sign. Stop it. Thanks, Toby. <laughs> got a tweet about the Dodgers. Got a tweet about the Dodgers game. What do you mean maybe it's a sign? Get out of here. <laughs> I'm back, everybody, and I want you to know our manager's terrible. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, well, have a good show today, and I, I hope that uh, it is a uh, peaceful, easy Wednesday for you. Me too, T-Row. I don't need that stress from last night. Hey, I'll talk to you at 1 o'clock. Thanks to Brian. We might need to talk about that. Okay, sounds good. Thanks to Brian Haney for joining us today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.